You want to say, we've never really announced ourselves today. And you say, what's up, everybody? I'm Chase, and then I'll say, I'm Shep. And we'll be bringing you a nice Thanksgiving special. Special, special presentation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You're filming, right? Yeah. Hey, everybody. What? <laughs> hey, everybody. What's going on? I'm Chase. What the fuck? Oh shit! Oh no! Oh shit! I'm shot. I got stuck! What the fuck? Oh man! Let's hear it one more time for uh, the highly inappropriate intro video. <laughs> I love it. It's all of our own stuff. So, I mean, unless we don't like our own stuff, we wouldn't like the intro. That's, that is stuff. true. That so is I true. Love you got to you gotta wade through that to get the Monday versions of us. You know, <laughs> if you can't handle us at our demon uh, hunting selves, you know, this is very true. But uh, yeah, yes, that's the, the... we'll be putting that to rest though after after this. Uh, Pinata Time says, "Howdy, how y'all doing? I'm doing great. We're doing great. Doing we're great. Doing great. Pinata I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, yeah, we're doing great, and uh, we're doing great because for the third time we've got Returning. Alex Duquette back on the show. Muted. He's muted. I don't know. Here, hit the button." Can't unmute Sorry, your hello. because they chose to I got mute it. themselves. I got it. Oh. Sorry. And he's back. <laughs> hey guys, and I, he's uh, back. I loved the intro. That was wild. <laughs> that was you. awesome. Because it really like nails We're... exactly like exactly what like the stuff you've been doing. Um, I'm still partial to your Halloween special. I still think that's one of the best. That oh, was so thank good. You. Thank you. We wish you could have been here for that one. I know we we barely missed that one. Like I yeah. I think I was in Illinois like. Well, we that filmed day. together the day before. Uh, oh, we filmed right. yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, Camp Nostalgic's Thanksgiving episode. And that's right. So yeah. we celebrated Thanksgiving one day, Halloween the next, and my whole month was so thrown off. I thought Halloween was done <laughs> for like two weeks. And I, every time I <laughs> right. walked into a store, I was like, why do they still have Halloween stuff out? Yeah. It's so bizarre. Hey, Randy. I saw you said Alex it's that boy. And Pinata. Hey. I did sing a lot. It was a lot of singing, but guys, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I, I'm always yeah. always love chatting with you guys. It's fun. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm uh, happy to catch up with you because I know you've been kind of a, a busy guy. Uh, yeah. As of late, um, you did the uh, music and sound design on my short film Routine earlier uh, yes. in the year, and uh, so even though we got to work together on something, I never really saw you during the process. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> you true. just released, at long last, your first official <laughs> album, Songs from Sangamon Street. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. Songs from Sangamon Street. Well, first of all, I just want to say routine. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check that out. It's something that myself and all the others at Camp Nostalgic who produced it, we're all very proud of that. Um, and that wouldn't, that's nothing if it weren't for um, Chase's incredible concept of it all so anyway it was really cool um that was a lot of fun but yeah uh songs from sangamon streets an album i've been working on for quite a while i think i started it back in i actually started it when i still had my broken wrist that would have been like february of 2022 i actually all the drum parts i played with a cast on my wrist <laughs> believe it or not so um back at that point but yeah so it's long time coming it's nine songs you can check it out anywhere um I mean, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot to it. 
it's hard to explain kind of like what part you want to talk about because you know it's kind of my baby i I did it all on there so well uh first (laughs) i want to say i think i uh after a few listens and listening as i was editing the performance set um i think rolodex is my favorite of the rolodex okay yeah Yeah. um rolodex is a seems to be a favorite of, of a lot of um a lot of friends and family which is pretty cool um one thing about Rolodex that I like is that, and some of my other songs, but Rolodex in particular, because all my songs on songs from Sangamon Street, nine songs, most of them are good too. I'm glad most of them are good. That's great. I'd love to know which ones you think suck, Randy. Um, tell me in the comments below what songs on songs from Sangamon Street suck. Rolodex, <laughs> That's what I would my favorite. Can you guess what my favorite is? What What do you think Randy's favorite song is? I think yeah. Randy's favorite is breadcrumbs and Vaseline because that's the story of his life. That's what I think. Living off breadcrumbs and Vaseline. That's what I think. Uh, but no, so one thing about Rolodex I was just going to say was that um, it's a, that's a perfect example of kind of how I write my songs. So all those songs are, are stories, right? So you heard mm-hmm. the album, so they all kind of tell stories. That's how I like to write songs, right? But I still try to make them relatable to everyday life and the human condition. But what I do is I take like bits and pieces of like real life events and then like throw them in there to add some personality and add some personalness to it. So Rolodex is about, you know, a very old friend of mine. Um, and uh, so I took bits and pieces of that relationship <laughs> with them and threw that in there. Right. So like and then I added extra flary things, too. So that's a it's one way I like to write a lot. Apparently, oh, yeah. you got the nail on the head with Randy. Yep, breadcrumbs and Vaseline. That was a uh, that was a fun one. Um, that one that one's kind of all over the place, which is what I like. But yeah, I guess if I were to describe songs from Sangamon Street to someone who hasn't heard it before, um, it's basically well, I guess I'll read eighty four <laughs> Weber's thing here. The fact that you did all those drum parts in a cast that just earned you more brownie points in my book. Well, it. Wasn't easy, but it's fun. Um, it was fun to try it. But no, I was just gonna say, songs from Sangamon Street. Basically, if you're curious, it's not really a concept album. If you know what that is, that's it's, that's a really loose term to use for what my thing is. It's just basically Sangamon Street, and there's nine different people with nine different stories, right? Um, or you know, a group of people with different stories, and each story is told through a song. That's kind of the the general idea. Um, and then, of course, Sangamon Street is, well, it's where I'm from. Sangamon Street's a real place. Um, so for my Illinois family and friends, you know, it's a cool little, like, nod to back home. So that was kind of how I, like, pushed it to, like, people back home in, like, Illinois, like, where you guys are at. It was like, yeah. you know, look for all the references. You know, there's Champagne references and there's uh, there's Gibson City references and all that stuff. So just a fun little way to get people to go, oh, wait, what's he doing? And then they then hopefully they'd listen to it. You know, that's kind of the idea. So it was a lot of fun to write. I I caught, I caught one or two. Yeah, I figured, I figured, I think it's only one champagne reference. That's in the first song, cookie cutter life. I talk Mm -hmm. about prospect Avenue. Um, so, and I knew I wanted to sing about that because usually when I write, I'll like have a title or like a phrase first, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I thought I want to put prospect Avenue in a song. And I thought, okay, one headlight on prospect Avenue, you know, and then, then I did it. Um, Pinata, you love the album. You've been looping it the last few days. Well, I appreciate it. I got some of my fans over here. That's cool. Conflict of interest for the win. Thank you. Thank you. I That's true. That. Gella and I were discussing it the other day when I saw her, and uh, we were. She brought up conflict of interest. That's another good one. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's a that's a complete just story song um, about a guy who. Jeez, about a, about a guy who gets a job. And then he turn and that well before he gets the job he meets this girl and they start seeing each other, and then the boss of this guy that he just gets a job with that's his daughter, and he's trying to hide the fact that he's dating this his new boss's daughter. So I like to write fun stuff like that because those are like really specific events, but like you know that's happened to somebody, right? Yeah. And that's kind of right. my big goal with the album, is to just relate to people. Yeah, I feel ways. like what you were saying before with it not being a concept album. Uh, I almost got mixed up, called it a conflict album. Uh, a concept <laughs> album is that it, it's kind of like, you know, Stephen King will write novels and then he'll always throw out his his uh, short story collections. And this feels more like a short story collection 
yeah than, than a novel. that's a good way to put it like it's not like just like a normal standard album where it's just hey i wrote 11 songs or whatever listen to it but it's also not a concept album where there's like this one theme yeah it's kind of in the middle like just kind of like you said it's like a series of short stories that's a perfect way to put it um a conflict of interest album but but yeah so i don't know man i i I'm so proud of it, but it's like it's at the same time I'm so freaking tired of it too cuz I worked on it for so yeah. long, you know? Like once you work on something, I mean, you know, like Shep, I know you can understand too cuz I mean, you make music too. Like once you're like right. when you're in the weeds in a project and then like you're finally out of it, it's like you feel good that it got out, like you you released your baby into the world, but at the same time you're so like tired, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're like, tired it's a it's a weird state too because it's and it's like for me it's always like there's like a a form of depression that kind of sits in because you're like well I'm done working on what I've been yes. working on for like months now mm-hmm. you're like cool mm-hmm. I don't really want to move on to something new and then it's like but you can't just go back and tinker with the songs you've already put out because then it's like yeah, oh right. shit you know <laughs> yeah you're so yeah it's a you're kind of it's unique you're kind of creatively you kind of touched on something of that little bit of depression, like you're creatively burnt out. Cause like you just put all your time and effort into this, you know, into this project. Like, like I just did, but then like, so you don't want to go into the next thing, but also like, I'm sad cause it's over and I don't have a direction I want to go now. Like, okay, now what? Right. It's kind of this weird middle gray area and you're just kind of like sad for a little bit. So these last, I actually just finished the album a few weeks ago. It wasn't that long. So these last couple of weeks, I've just been kind of coasting by and not really working on much because I just needed to pull back and chill. Yeah. Work so hard on this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Pinata Time said it was relatable for his animations as well. And yeah, I think it's a, a thing that all creative people can kind of relate to that exhaustion. I know Shep and I both needed a minute after summer camp. <laughs> sure (laughs) we guys went through so much of summer camp though like behind the scenes like yeah some people may not know it's crazy so that doesn't help either it was a good time (laughs) it was but (laughs) you know and that's kind of how i feel about some of the things like uh especially like a week or so after i've released an album i'll be sitting around listening to it again and i'll be like man this all sucks. Why did I put this out? This is so, this sucks, you know, but then it's like, you know, you give it time. I come back like a year later and listen to it. And it's like, Oh, I was wrong. Like, no, this is really good. This is aged that's, well. Yeah. I really like this. Um, that, that's and I know true we too. like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no. I was going to say, I know like with summer camp, we kind of got there too. By the end of it, you're just ready to get done, be done mm-hmm. with it. I don't even want to yeah. watch no summer camps after this because like I'm, I'm summer camped. But then, you know, the year, the next summer, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to watch that whole summer camp series now. Cause, and it's great. It's great to go back it's, on and watch. Yeah, and you're like, damn, it was fun. a lot better than I thought it was when we first yeah. dropped it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's this fatigue that you get. I, for me, because I, uh, I mixed the album as well. I mixed and mastered it. Um, it's, I, you get this ear fatigue, right? Like, when I was working on songs from Sangamon Street, you know, it, like, I really loved recording it and singing it and putting it all together, arranging it and stuff. But then you just hear the same thing over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And the more you do that, I think the the less likely you are to make good changes because you're just so used to it. And you're just kind of hearing the same thing. It's good to step mm-hmm. away and just not listen to it for a while. Um, because you'll always want to fix things that may not even need to be fixed. Yeah. Right? Like, like you know, I, I felt that way about, because um, you can keep tinkering and messing with stuff. Cause I kind of felt that way at first with this album. Like I would, I put it out. It, it was done or not put it out, but I like, you know, sent it to my distributor to put everywhere. And then I'd listen back and I'd go, ah, just like, just like you said, Shep, it was like, uh, this isn't that great. Like there's some things that need to change, you know, but then, but at that point it's out of your hands. Cause you'll never like for people like us, it's kind of tough. Like you always have that perfectionist mindset. You always want to fix something. But at the end of the day, you know what? just like with the stuff you've put out like it, it it's served its purpose and it's done it's doing what it needs to be to do you know and if you listen back in a year and you do like it that means you did the right thing right you just needed mm-hmm. to step away from it for a while first so um and the nice thing for me with these songs i've been getting so much feedback more so than i ever thought i would for this album and i'm very thankful for that it's almost overwhelming that it kind of helps validate that like it is good. It's out. People are enjoying it and, res- and it's resonating with them. And that's what matters to me. So, 
Mm-hmm. Weber Weber says, uh, that's why I haven't screen wrote in a hot minute. I was doing too much and making too many changes, so I just had to step away for a while. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I was going to say, my, my recent thing with that is uh, our two-year anniversary video that uh, I've been putting together. Um, I... When I first sat down to do it, I was just watching the same stuff over and over again. And we've put out a lot of stuff, too. So to sit there and just have to watch all of the stuff that we already spent all of this time making it got to a point where I'm just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Or I'm thinking way too much about it. So I stepped away for a little while. And I got back to it uh, about a week or so ago and uh, was like, oh, now I see what I need to do and I know what to cut and change yep. and kill my darlings here. And, you know, and uh, yep. it's, it's coming together. And I think stepping away was for the best. Um, I think, I forget who it is. I think maybe either Stephen King or Quentin Tarantino, I forget who it was, but they talked about their writing process and they, um, that's what they do. I mean, they'll put it in a drawer. I think it's Stephen King. I think he writes it and he'll put that shit in a drawer and a few months later, we'll come back and reread everything he wrote and, and you got, go yeah, from there. You, you have to step away. Um, you know, I, I can't remember who said this, but I know, I know on the music side in particular, they say every time you enter like a session where you're going to be mixing music, after the first like 60 seconds, literally that quick, or 120 seconds, those are the times when you're going to make your most effective changes with music, which is wild because that's only like two minutes. But like they just said, like they've done studies on people and like because anything past that, you're already used to it. Um, so you need to go to a different song and come back and everything. And I tried to do that the best I could with these songs, you know, over the last nine, ten months that I've been working on it. Um, but it's tough because like, you know, when you're a person who's not like a professional money making musician, right? <laughs> like you have a full time job. So like you got this job. So you can't just like work and step away work and step away because you're limited on your time mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. so that's always a, a a rough thing too by the time i get the sound you. design i kind of half-ass it i'm just so overlooking at overlooking it and i want to share it i'm trying to get better about that because it's important to have sound effects yeah i feel that <laughs> I hey, listen, take it, take it from the sound designer for Camp Nostalgic Studios. I, I would like to say it's an important job. <laughs> it's, it's definitely an important job. Trust, take, take it from Chase and Shep, whose sound design is usually piss poor at best. <laughs> I mean, Man. It, and it's usually for that reason. You know, by the time you know, I'm done shooting and editing and all that shit, by the time it gets to the sound design, I'm like, God, I need to ship this to Alex. I'm just... <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, I just don't I'd... even want to. I remember, I think it was so funny. This was months ago when you were working on, on the Halloween video. Mm-hmm. And you were asking me a couple of questions like, hey, I have some troubled audio in a couple spots. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if it's too far gone, you're, you're kind of, you know, SOL, right? Yeah. But like, but I gave you some tips. <laughs> and I remember it was a little bit that he texted me back and you're like, eh, I think it's fine. I think I'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> all right, you know what? <laughs> do what you got to do, man. I get it. Because the thing about sound design in particular is that, and this goes for anything. This goes for sound design. This goes for video editing. This goes for any sort of art, mixing music, albums, whatever, right, to be in theme with what we're talking about. It's that if it's done right, no one's going to notice it. No one will notice it if it's done right. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like the unsung hero kind of stuff. But if it's done bad, people are going to notice it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just kind of how it is. Um, and in my opinion, that, that, that goes a long way with, like, yeah, actually, like, mixing like an album um, or even yeah, like video stuff too. You know, you can tell like if somebody's like, if somebody's using a microphone for one part, then they're not for another part, you know, but it's tough to do too. Like it's very meticulous work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. It's yeah. very I always feel like our videos that look the best sound the worst and our uh, videos that look the worst sound the best. I feel like the Thanksgiving <laughs> project and Easter Sunday both had some decent sound in those. And mm-hmm. uh, they both have that uh, intentionally, you know, kind of home video look to them. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. You got to have your, you know, not everything, you know, you got to have your ups and your downs, right? That that's sort right. of thing. Oh, breakout. My guarantee is never better. Okay, so I have an old song that I wrote forever ago. That was from Randy. He was talking about a song I wrote called Breakout. It was the one of the first full songs I wrote. Um, 
because I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I actually haven't been writing forever. Like I've been a musician for as long as I can remember, but I just started writing music really back in like 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty recent. And some of these songs are actually from that time that I just kind of put, put away, you know? Um, but Breakout was a rare exception. That was also a story song that seemed to have always been a thing I like to do is write story songs. Cause Breakout was about a guy breaking out of prison. Um, because some, uh, his girl is like sleeping around with some dude and he's going to go like kill this guy. And the whole point of the song is the chorus is I'm going to break out just to get back in. Cause he's going to go kick that guy's ass, go back to prison basically. So, <laughs> so just fun okay. stories. Side note on the sound effects. Wish I was a fly on the wall when you did the stupid and Fran Fran sound effects. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they were there when I, stupid Fred Fred, Camp Nostalgic, check it out. There's my little plug for CN. But um, I, uh, yeah, stupid Fran Fred was hilarious. And they were actually there for part of it. So they were there because I am, I am stupid, right? That, I'm the voice of stupid. So I did the wow, all that stuff <laughs> and, and, and the fart sound effects and everything. And they were there for like the first episode, some of it. Like, so like, okay, just give me a bunch of takes of fart. So I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> you know, making all these weird noises. Just, We'll take whatever we could take. So it probably sounded like an old, like, 90s, like, cartoon or something, slapstick going on. I I am always just just amazed by uh, sound design, um, especially, like I said, with ours, you know, we, we really don't know how to do it as well. So when uh, I was in Memphis with you and Dave, and we were doing the sound for uh, the Dick Shepard commercial, mm-hmm. Um, it was it was magical. I mean, I th- I had so much fun watching that process, like before my that's, eyes. That's I mean, awesome. it was such a blast. So now, every time I think that is probably the one uh, video, either my own or Camp Nostalgic related, that I show the most people because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I love just telling them that I traveled all the way to Memphis, Tennessee, for this, and then I show them <laughs> the the Dick Shepherd right. commercial. I'm like, yeah, we filmed these boners, and we. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, design. we like, exactly. Um, there's nothing like those Memphis boners. They're they're just they're a special breed. <laughs> but no, that was actually that was a really fun trip too. Um, you came down. We uh, and that's when you shot the the little live, yep, unplugged Alex Duquette thing. That was fun. Yep. Go check that out if you haven't already. Yeah, just dropped what yesterday or the day before, something like that. Uh, yesterday, I believe. Yesterday. So if on there, nice. I've got some songs from this new album and a couple from my old EP as well. So that's what's up. always good stuff to listen to there. Randy had a couple of Memphis boners back in his day. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, there's always room for more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, couple more, you know, where do we even go from there? Uh, I I know, right? I know. (laughs) Shep, what do you have to say? (laughs) <laughs> um have you, have you uh checked out so the album yet i have checked out the album um i did the other day on my drive home uh from work um and i dig it um not it wouldn't Appreciate be that. my go-to uh genre that i'd grab if i was just like looking or, or digging for music i can imagine um, <laughs> sure <laughs> but I, I i did really like i said i did really enjoy it um a lot of the questions I had thought to ask you had already answered them when you when you came in here opening it up and being like, well, I don't know, you know, where do we go from here and stuff like those. Um, <laughs> what sort of um, what sort of musical inspirations did you have going into that, like making music in general or anything? Because, you know, sure. Even with. um Let me see here. Let me. I was going to ask that, too, because there's definitely one big comparison i can make like anytime i look because bell said something to the same effect of like this just it's good this isn't my kind of music i wouldn't listen to that but it right is mine because i listen to ben folds a lot that's what up. i was gonna say too <laughs> and so, uh he seems like well, a big one yeah i can definitely um talk to you about some influence um first of all ben folds is one of my favorites of all time so no surprise right um one thing i love that ben folds did was that like back in the 90s like he took like the punk rock approach but put it on a freaking piano so mm-hmm. like he he would like he would get out there and, and he'd swear and he'd do it everyone and he'd like kick chairs over and he'd do all the punk rock stuff but on a piano it's like he made piano cool to me um and i wanted to i didn't really mean to like i didn't like 
go out to go, I want to make a Ben Fold sounding album. I didn't mean to do that. He's just a big influence on me, right? So when I started writing these songs, I noticed that when I play a, write a song on a guitar versus a piano, um, it sounds very different. And when I gravitate to my piano songs that I write, they just happen to sound like Ben Fold. So, and he also writes story songs. A lot of his songs are stories. So Ben Fold's by far is my number one influence, especially over this album. In general, if you're curious, I'd say my biggest influences are Ben Folds. I'm also, I grew up on the classic rock stuff. My dad, you know, he was an old classic rocker, so he played in his rock bands back in the day. So, you know, I'm a big Beatles fan, Zeppelin, uh, all the classics. So um, a lot of those old school things you can probably maybe hear a little bit um, in some of those songs too. But Ben Folds, man, he did it for me, like at the right time, right place. He inspired me as a songwriter. Um and yeah, and then really the other influence too, I would say, I didn't even mention, is my dad himself, actually. So there's two songs on the album that have guitar solos. Both those were done by my dad. He's an incredible guitarist, much better than I could ever be. Um, so if you hear those solos, that's actually my dad. That's not me. Um, I wanted to showcase him on there. So yeah, he's helped me. He's the reason why I'm kind of doing all of this stuff. Helped me learn how to mix music. You know, he does that in his spare time. So he's kind of, he's got a lot of years of experience, so. He's a big influence too. That's what's up, man. That's kind of like the equivalent of like, you know, like a dad and a son, like, like the, you know, they're throwing a football out in the yard. My dad and I can't throw a football to save our lives, but him and I, since, since I was little, we would jam, right? He'd pull out the guitar and I'd, and I'd play the piano or I'd sing or whatever. That's our equivalent. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I had the, um, I had a, a nightmare fuel happen the other day where it was my dad's birthday and I texted, Happy birthday, Dad, to the wrong number, to somebody else. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Because I was sitting around uh, Saturday, I believe. I was watching the Royal Rumble with the boys. And uh, I kept being like, man, you know, that's that's messed up, man. I told my dad happy birthday. He didn't even hit me back. Like, that's kind of messed up. And then I was like <laughs> looking at it, and I was like, Dad, that just sounds, you know, I'm in I'm in my mid-30s, so I'm like, Dad doesn't sound like something I'd save my dad's phone number under, you know what I mean? Right. I, I went to I went to look in and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. His number is Pops. That's right. So I, I hit him <laughs> up. Right. Like, hey man, I got a like eleven forty five at night. I'm like, happy birthday. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you still made it. That's all that matters. You still made it. That's right, man. It's like I texted you hours ago, but uh, somebody else got it, so Man, yeah, I called somebody else's dad to today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are always the best stories. Crisis. Like, like sometimes you hear stories about people who like accidentally text somebody and they actually end up like becoming friends or yeah. like they actually have a long conversation. That crap happens. It's hilarious. Oh, I blo- I just blocked the number. I was like, yo, I'm not going to have some <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> somebody hit me up like, what, do you not know who your own father is? Do you not yeah, this, talk to this, this man or something? This it's guy like, thinks no. I'm a, like, yeah, he's my son. What's going on here? Either that or that person's over there like, I have I have a son, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I have a child. And then he never hears from you again because you blocked his number. <laughs> Honey, I think thing. I have another Whoever son. had that number I have to find happened him. to have the same <laughs> birthday that day. And and did receive a text saying "Happy birthday, Dad." It's like I I would freak out. I would. Yeah. Well, God, see I, now you got me thinking. I should write a song about that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's a good one. That's relatable. That stuff happens. You never know. Right. It's like a reverse Big Daddy <laughs> situation. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's um, but do you um. What's your favorite song tracks from the album? Yeah. Oh, hold on. He just sent in another one. He said, I got a very sad and depressing voicemail once. Had to call back to tell them I wasn't John. Oh, man. I'm so sorry to whatever Ooh. happened to John. Yeah. Whoever that is. Hey, you're going to have to do this again. <laughs> you have the wrong <laughs> number. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Shep, you're going to ask me something? Uh, Pinata Time had a question in there. Oh. Yeah, the, 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 oh, okay. some years. I, I uh, before you get into that, yeah, I but... enjoyed uh, Gravity Man. I know everybody else was saying theirs earlier, and I was like, I wanted yeah, okay. to think. I was like trying to think of which one I had. I was, but like just how it was, just like piano coming into it and stuff Chill. like that. Yeah. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, well, I appreciate that. And to be honest, the number one song that people are saying surprisingly is Gravity Man. Um, That's what's up. 
overall. And I think the reason why is because, so when I go through um, a song, usually how I look at songwriting is much more of like, I mean, they mean a lot to me and I put my personal feelings into them, but a lot of the times it's kind of a uh, a craft, right? Like I got to write a song, I want to get this thing done and then, I, and then I'll fix it and craft it and hone it later. Like if you want to be a successful songwriter, that's kind of how you have to write. You can't wait for inspiration. You just got to write, right? Yeah. And so I do both. So if I have inspiration, I'll write. And if I don't, I'll write and then pull my inspiration later into it. But Gravity Man was completely on the album, by far the number one song, word for word, lyric for lyric, all right from my heart. That was a very personal song to me. So if you're not familiar with the words at the moment, I encourage you guys to go back and listen again. Um, that song is um, actually, funny enough, we were talking about Memphis, that I wrote that song about moving to Tennessee. That's what that song's about. So I remember this is I was in Illinois, 2018, and kind of the beginning of the year. And I remember just sitting in my old studio in Champaign, and I was getting into the writing thing. And I remember I didn't mean for it to come out as it did. I just kind of did this E chord. It's over and over again. Super simple, like Shep was saying, just like just piano. The whole song is just piano. And but I knew what I was feeling, right? Like I was in there to probably write a different kind of song. But then I remember at the time I was just really getting down about like, because the idea of that song is basically, I want, I want to do big things. I want to see what the world has to offer, but I'm really freaking scared. And I don't think I want to do it like that. It, it's, it's this internal conflict of like, being afraid of opportunity. And I don't think that's talked about a lot in songs. Like a lot of people talk about, wanting to do it, you mm -hmm. know, or a lot of people talk about just being alone and being isolated, but not a lot of people talk about the internal struggle you have. Like, you know, I always tell people like being an introvert's one thing, but being an introverted like musician is a totally different thing because like all you want to do is like go out there and make music for people and move to a town like Memphis that has more music. And then, but at the same time, I'm so scared and nervous and I don't want to make any changes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, Pinata says, good job presenting that. It moved. I'm glad it moved you. It, the song moves me too. And that's why it means so much to me. Um, and that's also why I kept it simple. But I think that's something we can all, like a lot of us, especially artists, can kind of relate to. Like the being afraid of change, but just wanting to know. That's why the whole mm -hmm. thing is, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Um, now, if you're curious, since we're on Gravity Bad, uh, I also, I'm just giving you little nuggets here, but um, when... When I write a song, I usually do that. I have the title first. I think I said that before already. Like I, I'll, I'll come up with a title, and then then I'll write the song if I like the name of the title. So like that's why I have some really weird ones like Breadcrumbs and Vaseline, for example, which is my favorite, <laughs> my personal favorite. And um, but anyway, so Gravity Man was actually a joke between our mutual friend uh, Dave and I, Dave from Camp Nostalgic. Um, him and I had this joke forever ago to write a sketch. I don't even know if he remembers this. So, Gal, if you're listening, ask him if he remembers. But our idea, if you guys are curious, so I had the name Gravity Man first, and that was because him and I wanted to have this really stupid superhero, and his he was Gravity Man, and he was and his whole thing was that he just he went by the laws of gravity. So, in other words, he has no powers, right? That was the whole point of the joke. He's just Gravity Man, right? Okay, that's kind of a stupid joke. It fits with our brand of comedy. It never came anywhere. And then I thought, you know what? Like, Gravity Man should be, is a good song title. So then that's kind of where, that's where I used, that's where I came up with the, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, I guess the comparison or, you know, the, the allusion to like Gravity Man, right? Like, afraid of what's past the ceiling. They call me the Gravity Man. You know, it's all just mm -hmm. play on words and stuff, but um, being afraid to see what's above the clouds. Um, Breadcrumbs and Vaseline is about a Reddit user. You were, you were close, Pinata time. Um, so I guess I'll explain that since he just brought that up too. If, if I'm talking too much, tell me and I'll shut up. All. You know me, I'm Not a talker. So it's your album. <laughs> it's true. It is my album. Uh, so breadcrumbs and Vaseline. Um, so for those of you listening who may not know, that song is, tells the story of a guy who wants to be a movie star. He wants to be an actor, right? He wants to play the Hollywood game. And he's dirt poor, no money in his pockets. Um, and he's just living off breadcrumbs and Vaseline. That's kind of the idea. Now that, I loved the phrase breadcrumbs and Vaseline. 
Now, that wasn't original. I didn't just come up with that in my head. I actually stole that. Um, I was on a message board. This is an interesting story. So I have an electronic drum set, as you can see back here. And one of the pedals wasn't working on that drum set. And this was, this was quite a few years ago now. And there was a piece that I needed, but I didn't know where to find the piece. So I was on these, like, message boards trying to – on these, like, drumming message boards trying to figure out what this piece is called, where I can buy it. A really small proprietary piece for this kit. And then one of the usernames on the message board, his username was Breadcrumbs and Vaseline. That's so freaking good. That's such a weird-ass name. You know what I mean? Is, so, like, I, I, I have to – you know what I mean? Like, I have to use that. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Like, Breadcrumbs and Vaseline. This is such a – what am I going to do? Well, I ended up later on, I moved to Memphis. I didn't write the song until I moved to Tennessee. And I remember I was sitting on my couch, and I was actually playing my acoustic guitar. This was not on the piano. And I remember I had this line, and it was, um, but I'll drop dead. I'll drop dead before I will admit it. And I just kept saying that. I'll drop dead before I will admit it. And I loved how it sounded for some reason. That, what would, okay, so if I, why would I stand on this hill? Like, I would drop dead before I'd, I'd admit something. What, what, you know, and then I started to think about it. And I thought, okay, maybe it's a guy who's, he's really passionate about something, but nobody believes in him. But what would that be? Music, movies, whatever. Because, you know, the big things, you know what I mean? Like the, well, I'm, you know, don't quit your day job, that sort of thing. You know, like, um, oh, you do music? That's cool. So what do you do for work? You know, that sort of thing. Like, nobody really kind of believes that you can do it. Yeah. And I thought, uh you know, come on, what is it? And so anyway, that's how I slowly came up with it. Then I thought breadcrumbs and Vaseline could be the stuff that he's living off of because he's got no money in his pockets. He's trying to make ends meet. Um, so just living off breadcrumbs and Vaseline, that's kind of the idea. Love <laughs> so I know it's wild. I, because uh, the breadcrumbs, you know, I always, I've had a few people ask me to online and in person. So like I get the breadcrumbs part, but what's the Vaseline part about? And I'll leave that to your interpretation, if you will. It's a guy. He's living off two things. What else do you need besides a little bit of food and some Vaseline, if you know what I mean? That's all I'm going to say. So, but take it as you will. I didn't really write it that way, but it kind of sounds <laughs> like that. Yeah. So Vaseline just helps it go down easier. <laughs> that's right. It's for so, the breadcrumbs. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's right. It's for the breadcrumbs. But. Yeah, that's just kind of what I do. I have a phrase, and then I just I go for it. Um, I've had I do want to give a shout out since you guys are probably still in the chat here. Um, a couple of my fans are in here, which is Weber and Pinata. Um, you guys are awesome, and I have some other internet fans as well. That 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 support really helps. Um, helps keep you going when you don't want to go sometimes. So I I appreciate that. Um, I know their personal favorite is my opening track, which is called Cookie Cutter Life. Um, that's one of my more kind of more rocking kind of songs. And uh, that's the thing, too. A lot of these songs, I will say as well, are like, I'll, t I'll like write, and maybe you can kind of relate to this, too, like Shep. Like you might have like, like, a, like a verse or like a stanza that you, like you wrote, and you can't fit it anywhere. Maybe not. Maybe you don't do this. But like for me, like I'll have something I wrote, and then... I don't know what to do with it. Sometimes for like a long time, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? And then like all of a sudden, oh, yeah. like it'll, it'll click and then you can fit it into a song later. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got plenty of that, man, on my notes app and whatnot. Like if, if I'm ever at a, you know, trying, like I really want to make a song or something and I don't know what, that's usually my first go-to is like, let me scroll back two years of my notes app and start going through it. Yeah. You and seeing know. if anything that I, cause I, you know, like you're saying, like a lot of that will, you know, you'll just think of one simple line and it's like, mm -hmm. well, I can't think of anything to rhyme off that right now, but I'm still going to write this down. Cause if I don't, I'm going to forget it. You know, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Oh shit, you know, and pop, 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 type right. on my phone. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how, how it works like that. It really is. It and is. how something and a lot well, like a good good examples. I found a notebook a little while ago now, but it was from years back, like almost 10 years ago. <clears throat> and it had a song um, that was a song that a lot of people that was liking at the time when I put it out. But it was like the original one that I wrote completely different, different title, different name and all that. And those are I, I love watching how a song goes from like that and morphs into the finished product. Yeah, of what it actually is. It's fun. It's. Oh, it's so cool because um, what I do, 
for every song that I've written, every song on this album, any song I've written in general, I'll always, just like you said, you'll pull out the phone, pull out the notes. What I'll do is I'll, I'll pull out the phone and hit record, and I'll just have my guitar or piano or ukulele, whatever I'm playing at the moment, right? And I'll just, right? So I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little demos of just trying to figure stuff out. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes those little little nuggets in there will become a song. So then like I'll listen back to those sometimes just, just because I can. And I go, oh, my God, I forgot that that was – that's where that came from. Like you'll forget sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. I, another thing I want to touch on too is you mentioned like you wake up in the middle of the night and you got like an idea. Those are – and so many times the best ideas, the ones that just happen like that. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. why like it's late at night, you're, you're not even thinking about it, and then all of a sudden it just hits your head. And it's like, oh, my God, like you always need to act on those. I think those are always the I think the big ones. They are. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. And because sometimes it's actually like when you stop and think about it, it's weird how uh, it feels. You know, for me, sometimes it feels like somebody else is in control of me. You know, it's like somebody else is taking yeah. over right now. Uh, you wild. know, I, I yeah. Yeah, I play an instrumental and I'm listening to it. And yeah, you just sit down in one session, you just write everything out for it and like even if i like walk away with a with my last halloween album i kept doing that and i'd you know have a night where i can't sleep i'd stay up and i'd demo out like two or three new songs and then i'd be like oh damn and then i have a big problem (laughs) in my recording process i have a big problem of uh you know i I, it's all demo the first take is always real sloppy real real nasty but i love I love how it sounds so much that when I go back <laughs> yeah. and like to record it proper and, and it's like, like, I know, I, you know, everything's on point. It's where it's needed, but it just doesn't sound like it's like, I know and I've, I've made, well, I've made the goal this time that I'm not going to sit down to like demo out a song. Like I'm not going to, if I do that, I'm not going to walk away from it unless I could like be like, I would release this song right now yeah. just so I can, well, you- so I can keep that original magic as much as possible. I love that idea because here's the truth. Like if it's really good, like it's really good. You're not going to forget that anyway. Like it's going to stay in your head. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes everybody like will record everything down anytime they can sloppy, whatever, just so they don't forget it. But honestly, in my opinion, if you get those inspirational things and you get that in your head and you're working it out in your head and it's really good and catchy or like it sticks out, it will not leave your head until you're ready to officially record it. Um, so that's kind of how I, I try to look at that too. I'm still pretty bad with recording everything, but, um, (laughs) but it's true. Like, you know, not everything you're going to make is, you know, is incredible, right? Anybody like, it's just, it's just not, but the, those things will stick in your head. And like, then when it's time to record, you still have that magic. Cause I feel that way too. I'll, I'll, I'll do my first take and of everything. I'm like, this sounds so good, but I got to redo it. And then, like, right. you lose a little bit of that luster. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can. I'm trying to think. Here. Chase, you're just, you're just chilling back now. You got anything? Yeah. You got any questions? Just um, <laughs> you're just vibing uh, now? All right. Well, I guess, I guess we'll uh, loop this back around, shall we? So before the show, we were talking about streaming services. And yep. how uh, we think, you know, um, the way they're going with, with pricing, stuff like that, it's going to make a few people jump ship on, uh, on streaming. And it, to me, it makes it seem like physical media is, is going to hang in there a little longer because of it. And that got us talking about CDs. Uh, and for me, yeah. I'm a physical media kind of guy. Um, I just love to have the physical copy, especially if it's something I really love, like music. We all stream music and stuff, but like, you know, if it's like a friend of ours makes a CD, I want a copy of it. You know, if, if, you know, a a band that I really like comes out with a new album, I I would like a copy of that album. Um, and you were, you were dropping some knowledge right before we went live, but we had to cut it short. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, well, I, uh, first and foremost, yeah, I'm cause I recently just got into figuring out um, how to go through the process of like actually manufacturing CDs, which I can get into in a second, because I will be releasing um, a limited release for my album um, in the next few weeks, which is cool. Um, but when I was going through that process, I was doing some research. I'm thinking, okay, how many do I need to press? Like, I don't have like, I'm not like famous. So like, I don't need to make many, right? I don't want to, cause I, I took it as, I'm going to take a loss on this, 
So how many, how much am I willing to lose just for the novelty to have the CDs, right? So I landed on a hundred because I've had a little, lot of interest and I'll hold on to those forever, right? However many I still keep. Mm-hmm. And then I learned that I was looking into it and I'm thinking, cause no one, no one uses CDs anymore. But then I learned that I think it, can remember the year, it's either 2019 or 2020, maybe 2021, but I was reading some stats and it's that just like vinyl, vinyl shot up, right? Like everyone's buying vinyl again. Um, CD sales are starting to increase now. They, they started to dip in the 2010s and now they're starting to go up again. So there's a reason for that. I think people like that novelty and that physicality, that tangibility. Um, you know, like with, like with my CD, right? It, I, I'm just an independent artist. I could so easily at any point reach out to my distributors, cut, cut that off, and then you can't listen to my music anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. When you mm-hmm. have a CD, it's there. Mm-hmm. You pay for it once, don't have to pay for it again. Um, so there's my plug, buy my CD when it comes out. It'll be on Amazon. <laughs> um, Songs from Sangamon Street. I'll tell everybody when. But, but seriously, though, it's um, this the novelty of it. I, I think it's cool. I still have all my old CDs. I'll probably never get rid of yep. them just because you never, you never know. Yep. Well, I would so, wonder if that didn't coincide with when, uh, didn't, didn't some artists start taking their music and stuff off Spotify and whatnot a few years back? Like I think Neil so, Young, yeah, yeah, and stuff. So maybe that kind yeah. of woke people up to what you're saying there. Just the fact that as long as you know, like me as Johnny Cash, um, you know, if I want to pay, I think it's through DistroKid, like sixty dollars per album to make sure it permanently stays up on stores. You know, it's like, nah, I, I ain't trying to pay $60 per album. Like, I'm, I'm just right. going to put this out. So, yeah, if I stop paying my yearly subscription up on there, it'll just be gone. Um, it's gone. And there's something to say, man. Like, uh, I know um, Pinata was saying it in the, in the comments. There's something special about CDs, even when I was released. And I think it was my first Halloween one when I did. Oh, yeah. And Chase, it was when we were doing that concert with AV and then. Um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to make some CDs, too. And that was like I was like, all right, I know I'm going to do it all, you know, DIY, you know, so I know I'm just going to burn some CDs. I'm going to get some jewel cases. But I was very set on like I was like, I want to figure out some sort of plastic I can get and wrap around it. So like when someone gets it, they can have that feeling of like ripping the plastic off and like taking the, the whole experience. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's something to say about the, you know, all this physical media and whatnot. And that's a lot to it, yeah. you know, and that used to be a big thing within albums was to be able to pull that booklet out to see all the lyrics within it to like, yes. you know, hear yeah. things from the artists like a special things who they're thinking, or even yeah. like producers or extra voices you know i was in a lot of hip-hop so like a lot of the songs would just be the song names on the back of the album so it was really where you dove in on the lyrics section where you'd get to see like oh this song was featuring this person and this person there's Um, so many songs i haven't listened to in like over 15 years that i just like somehow still know the lyrics to and they were all ones that i would sit there and i'd read the lyrics and the booklets listening to an album whether it was vinyl 50 years ago or it's a cds 20 years ago it or was a vinyl experience. two weeks ago. Or vinyl two weeks ago <laughs> since vinyl is big again. You're right. Um, there's something like it's all about the experience and presentation. Um, I feel like now I feel, I, it just feels that like I feel like a lot of like big artists who are able to do so. You're just churning out singles, moving on to the next one, turning out single, next, single, next. Right. And then it's like, oh, I have an album out, but none of the songs matter except the single. Right. When I feel like years ago, it wasn't like that. Like you would. You'd buy the CD, you'd listen to every song, right? You wouldn't just skip, skip, go to the one you like. I mean, maybe you would, but like, you know, the albums are created, in my opinion, just like I made songs from Sangamon Street. You know, albums are created in such a way for them, for the listener to enjoy them. Like there's like profession, like there's people whose jobs in studios is just to sequence songs. Literally, their job is just to find the order of songs. That's Which their I, only job. It's one of my favorite things um, to do, I found out a few years ago, doing yeah. a friend's CD. They had uh, been putting out a lot of music, but they didn't have like a full thing put together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, allow me. And it's one of yes. my favorite things to do is just take music and figure out the flow of an album. That's so important. Have your ups, have your downs, tell your story how you want. That was important for me with, with my record, um, since it's already a very story-driven album. And... 
but yeah, that's so important. Like there's a reason why it's presented to you in such a way. There's a reason why their album cover says what it does. There's a reason why you open up the CD and the in the insert on the inside shows what it shows. Like everything was an intentional choice. And I feel like that's not celebrated anymore. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. So I, cause that's all part of the process, right? It's not just the artist. There's a photographer, there's a producer, there's a, someone wrote the lyrics, right? All this stuff, you know, and I think that should all be celebrated and appreciated. So when some of these like artists come out and they do have vinyl still, like some of my favorite artists that I listen to today that are like current, um, I'll buy their vinyl because it's, I want to, I want to support that and celebrate that and, and have that Mm -hmm. experience. Same with video games. I'm a big gamer. Same thing with games. Like people who still put up physical things. I know it sounds crazy in 2023, but just to have that, you know, what I do miss with games is those manuals. I, you know, it's so like, it's so cool looking back at like old, like PS2 or like GameCube manuals or whatever, or earlier than that. Um, I would have never beat Resident Evil if it wasn't for the walkthrough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, right? This is a fact on fact, yeah. No, but I I mean, and I I vibe with what you're saying. I think even as a, you know, as a lower level artist, um, you know, getting into it, I think a, a physical copy is is something that can make a you know your release memorable too. I know Black Mage. Yes. I've got a copy of his yeah. uh, hold hold this LEP. I have one as well, and I love it. Yeah, designed as a, a PlayStation game. So yeah. and it's so That's unique, cool. especially because yeah, it's like who has an album with designed as a PlayStation game? Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. I always, it's I sick. mean, you know, obviously I still buy movies and uh people will flip me shit for it every now and then but uh you know more and more lately people will go on to watch a movie and it's just not there and you know i haven't had that problem as much because i usually have a copy you know Uh, we were talking about prices going up on streaming services push came to shove and i really had to cancel disney plus i own most of the disney plus library other than their original shows like that's that's where the loss would be um, but yeah, I mean, I still have memories of, I, that's what it was always about to me is the experience of the, the whole right. thing, not, not just what was inside. And that's why I still collect them to this day. Cause I remember as a kid going to like Walmart or something and seeing a DVD, I got to bring it home. I'm looking at it in the car. I get to take the plastic off. I'm reading the back. I'm looking at the picture on the front. I'm looking at the bonus features, just ready to get mm-hmm. home and put this thing in the DVD player and, and see what's, what's going on with it. And, uh, and the other thing as well, talking about, um, just listening to the album in its entirety. I feel like I do that far more when I have the actual physical CD. I mean, yes, after a while I might skip songs and go to my favorites and stuff, but I usually always want to listen to it that first time all the way through. And there's so many albums that I love because of that. Anytime I make any music, I, I, always work it in a way that like i'm not really focusing from song to song i'm focusing on the whole project and i love making something that like no i i am asking a lot of you sit down for an hour and listen to this thing from start to finish because i designed it that way and that's how i want people to to hear it you know yeah it's that's a tough one too because like once you make your project like when i when i made song from sangaman street i made it and then like i was talking to like Steph and I was talking to or even even like so like little um little hints to the future here Camp Nostalgic's more than likely going to produce a music video for me which is cool and um and so and but but I remember like Dave like he asked me he said so what songs your single and I'm like for me like it's it's probably better for you to listen and tell me because for me like I can't (coughs) these are all a whole it's all one Mm -hmm. big thing it's kind of hard to pull one out and go okay this is the one that stands out above the rest it's like no they're all they all are as good as they are because of the song surrounding them yeah I guess that kind of answers pinata times question here um what single would have been if you were to get one if you had to pick one Alex what song would you make the single the song would get pushed the most well I can still answer that because I Cause like, if I think about my entire record, there's some that I just, I think at least, and it's funny. Cause once again, other people have different opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one called she won't be coming back home. And I thought that sounded pretty poppy. I thought, um, that one would have worked. Um, conflict of interest seems to be one that a lot of people are kind of gravitating towards. Uh, 
But then you got stuff like Gravity Man or Breadcrumbs and Vaseline, and I feel like those songs are a little too like Breadcrumbs and Vaseline is probably a little too alternative to be a like a radio song. Part of me feels like so? it's part of me feels like it's catchy enough because yeah. I find myself that's the one I find myself humming, you know, here and there the most. Like it's, there, it's like I cannot escape it. You know, yeah, well, maybe maybe that is it. See, it's hard to ask the artist because it's like, right. I don't know, to me, I like them all, so <laughs> you know, um, um but, well, uh, Pinata might be right, Cookie Cutter Life, Cookie Cutter Life, the first one, yeah, that's see, once again, all the ones I named yeah. are ones that nobody nobody else named. Let's so just name all nine of them, them really, you know, yeah. Um, we've, I think, we've uh, Go Sit in the Car is a banger, too. Go Sit in the Car is an interesting one. Um, I'll explain it if you're unfamiliar with it, anyone listening. Go sit in the car is about basically just this couple, and they get in this huge-ass fight in a convenience store. That's the whole point of the song. And he gets more and more progressively mad as the song goes on. Um, and the whole idea, the, the chorus is, if I would have known you'd be acting this way right now, then I would have told you just to, just to stay home, take the keys, go sit in the car. Right. That, which is something that everyone said before, whether it's a yeah, parent yeah, to a kid yeah, yeah. or like. So like I've had so many people reach out to me and say, like, this song I almost can't listen to because it's too real. I've been there. You know what I mean? Because if yeah. you listen to the song, he just gets more and more mad. Like in, at the end of the song, he's so freaking mad. They're at a, they're screaming at each other in the parking lot. He takes the keys back and he drives off without her. He just leaves her at the Walmart or wherever they're at. Right. Um, which I thought that was a fun little twist to, to end the song on. Um. Anyway, that, that one might be a fun one, Pinata, but I don't know if that would be the most commercial one. Yeah. Um. Well, I, it's coming coming to a close. It's about that time. Uh, apologies if it, I feel like we got most of the comments. Usually, you know, when we have a show rolling, uh, we have to skip over a few comments. But uh, thank you guys for participating. And uh, before we go, thanks. One time for the mind. Finishing thoughts here. Closing thoughts. Uh, I'll start. I never start, I guess. Yeah, you start. Um, uh, Alex, I'm very proud of you. It's a great album. It's, I I really enjoy it. I can tell you, you know, you, I know that you've been working hard on it. Um, I'm glad I got to be, uh, a small part, uh, in the process doing the live performance with you. Um, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, it it was really fun to do that and it's cool to kind of, just kind of, you know, you were one of the first ones to hear a couple of those songs um, and just kind of to bounce those off under the creative is always really nice. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to listen to it. Um, you know, Shep, I like even like you said, like, I know it's not your go to. And I knew that because I know what kind of music you do. Totally get it. But I appreciate <laughs> you still like it. But I appreciate you listening because um, I've heard a lot of what you do. And I've always appreciated that, too. And. God, you know, it's funny. I would love to do hip hop side note really quick. Like, like, cause I, cause I, I do love hip hop. The problem is that I, like I have rhythm, but I can't, I can't write like that. That's totally different lyricism right there. That's a whole nother level. You know what I mean? Like that's incredible. So what you're doing is awesome, man. Honestly, with both of you, I can't do lyrics. So I I watch both (laughs) of you and all. So No, and it is awesome, man. Like I said, I I, I did enjoy it. Uh, that's why I had asked for the inspiration. It de- definitely has that Ben Folds feel to it, and uh, yeah, in sure. a very good way too. And not in like a way that you're like, good. oh, this is just you know, this reminds me of Ben. He's just trying to not like you know, you, it's not like you're trying to be that, but you can hear the inspiration there in the stuff. Uh, and right. I think it's dope, man. Uh, so. Uh, I still be jamming it, man. If you get physical copies, holler at us. You know, I'll still get one of those. Yep. Hell yeah. Because, uh, you know, Appreciate even it. though it, it's not the go-to, that you know, like I said, there's still some chillness in there that's like, oh, man, we can put that on and, and smoke and kick it and, you know, do our nice. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. Bust oh, out yeah. these last few comments. Pinata, this was so much fun. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Pinata, thanks for uh Thank you, I see over on Alex's channel all the time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Appreciate Weber you, brother. says hip-hop is a lot of rhythm, so you might fit into that. Um, yeah, just I can't rap. That's the only part. I just can't do it. It happens. That's it? a different <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Last but not least, all the plugs. Songs from Sangamon Street. Go and check it out. Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to music. Go and give it a listen. Uh, follow Please. Alex. All things Alex at alexduquette.net. 
right. pretty easy to remember, pretty catchy, like a lot of the songs on the album. And uh, <laughs> nice. if you haven't watched the live performance set yet, um, go and do that. It's on the channel. Um, and with that, we'll leave you with a little taste of the album and the performance set. Uh, closing it out with breadcrumbs and Vaseline.
finally see this through And I can finally see this through And I can finally see this through Till then it's just another week Breadcrumbs in vaseline Breadcrumbs in vaseline